Thank you, David and Vicki, um, for your leadership, for uh, the exploration of some of the themes that, by God's grace, we'll touch on. Every Sunday since we started doing this, especially this last section on the, of the We Believe series, Peggy's been singing songs about each of the topics and wishing that the original had been played as a part of an introduction to the message. And today, she's going to get her wish. Go. To judge from the smiles, I see quite a number of you remember that song. But before we begin, let's pray. Gracious Father, we do thank You. We thank You for Your patience with us. Lord, uh, we come now to Your Word and we ask that You would speak to us from Your Word. Speak to us. Teach us. Help us to hear. Help us to listen. Help us to pay attention and do what You ask of us. Lord, we, in all these things, we want to bring You the honor and the praise and the glory that is Yours in Jesus. And we thank You. Thank You for hearing us and for Your response in His precious name. Amen. Patience. The very word reminds us that we have not yet arrived. Whether child or senior adult, there are circumstances that try our patience to the breaking point. Traffic, deadlines, annoying people, standing in line, being put on hold, irritating people, watching a file download. Being told that the check is in the mail again. Frustrating people, bad ideas, inaccurate or deliberately misleading information, incompetent people, apparently unanswered prayer. But here, think about this. When our patience is tried to the breaking point, Almost always the issue, as we see it, is the other person. It's they who are late, or who are inconsiderate, or who fail to understand, who simply, or who simply don't answer the phone when our call is urgent. Almost never are we impatient with ourselves. And it's interesting that when we talk about patience, most often we refer to impatience. We say things like, you're trying my patience, or my patience is wearing thin, or I'm just about out of patience with you. So much uh, that has to do with our use of the word patience actually refers to our lack of it. 
The dictionary offers this definition of patience. An ability or willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. One business writer in in the middle of a commentary on fairly recent political events in India asked the question, how long is long enough? And he goes on, he says, indulge my facetiousness for a moment. But is there a point in getting impatient before nine months are over when one is expecting a baby? Or before an hour is over when you put a cake in the oven? Or before two hours go by when you board a flight from Delhi to Bangalore? There's a natural timeline for several, and I would inject most actions around us. But we don't like to hear that. We've become so used to things that happen almost instantly that we can't bear to wait for a response to an email. Forgetting the day not all that long ago when a letter might take a day to write and then post a week or more for it to be delivered, a week or more for the response to be written and posted, and then another week before you got it. And this is perfectly illustrated in a conversation I had with a colleague just this past week. A client had sent him an email at about 11.30 in the morning. But he was away from his desk and uh, didn't see the email until after he received an urgent call from his boss uh, at about 2 p.m. the same day. Apparently, the client was about to go elsewhere for services if we could not respond in a timely manner. Seems that this client... Well, I'm putting words in his mouth, but uh, thought that we had no other matters to attend to but his project and that we were sitting at our computers just waiting for communications from them. But today we download a song or a movie we want and we're impatient with the Internet's response. When just a very few years ago, When we heard about that song or that movie, if we wanted a copy of it, we had to go to the store, only to discover that most likely it was not in stock and that it would have to be ordered. And then that would result in a delay of perhaps two weeks or more before you remembered to go and pick it up. I read about a study that was conducted a few months ago on the subject of attention spans. And it seems that the average Western human's attention span, uh, well, it's some, let's say the goldfish has better score. (laughs) And yet the scriptures repeatedly tell us to embrace patience. James 1, verses 2 to 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, 
For you know that the testing of your faith produces patience or steadfastness. And let patience or steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In King James Version, the word is patience. Most of the modern translations, I think, like the NIV and the ESV, substitute steadfastness or something like that. And that's because the Greek word that stands behind the translation does not mean quite the same as patience in English. Rather, the word has something of the flavor of a courageous endurance that defies evil. Far from being passive, this quality involves an active resistance to hostile powers. It describes, for example, a wounded soldier who endures the pain and keeps fighting the enemy. Describes the ability of a plant to live under hard and unfavorable circumstances. There's an illustration of patience. Describes a person who loves honor more than anything and stands firm in the face of those who would persuade him to act dishonorably. In short, it's a kind of conquering constancy. A steadfastness in the face of pressure to give in. In Romans 5, verse 3, Paul echoes the same thought when he wrote, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Again, the King James Version translates patience. Most modern translations have endurance or perseverance. The difference simply reflects how the meaning of the word patience has shifted over the past 400 years. There is another Greek word uh, in the New Testament that is used and also commonly translated patience. For example, in Galatians 5, 22, Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit, and you can quote it, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. But here again, the word has a similar meaning. It's a different word, but it's a similar meaning. Except that this one is primarily directed toward other people. It literally means slow to anger and describes the person who chooses not to take revenge even when he could. There's a fascinating um, passage in Matthew 18 um, where the word is found on the lips of Jesus. Matthew 18 and verse um, 23. 
The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me um, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave the debt. When Jesus told his story, I'm sure that his first hearers were shocked at the numbers. We allow the phrase 10,000 talents to trip off our tongues without giving thought to what it meant. But I did a little bit of research. And I'll grant that my research may be flawed. I made the assumption that today's minimum wage earner would bring home maybe $20,000 or something about that in a year. At that rate, 10,000 talents of silver, not of gold, but of silver, amounts to a value today Hold on to your hats. Of something like $30 billion. $30 billion. Think about it. Just continue with the math a little bit here. Even if this servant were very well off and could retire that debt without interest at the rate of, say, a million dollars a year. It would still take 30,000 years to pay that off. His heirs and assigns would still be paying for it at that rate for more than 500 lifetimes. They both knew Jesus doesn't say how the guy got into that kind of debt. But they both knew that the debt was so great that it simply could not be handled. That was the point of Jesus' parable. Because we, each of us, are that servant. We owed debts of astronomical proportions that we could never repay. And Jesus stepped in and paid for us. But look at the servant's response. I mean, he's, he's called to account. Come on, pay up. But the servant didn't ask for forgiveness. He didn't ask for help. What did he say? Have patience with me. And I will pay you everything. Have patience. 
Now, this word is seldom used by Jesus. I think it's only used three times in the gospel on Jesus' lips. And two of those times are in this story. And since he doesn't use it very often, maybe we should pay attention when he does. What we discover is that is this, that patience gave compassion time to surface in the king. Without patience, there would have been no compassion. But with patience, the debt the man owed was forgiven. What a pity the man didn't recognize the gift that he had just been given. Let's continue. Matthew 18 and verse 28. When that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. His fellow servant had a servant has had a debt of about seven thousand dollars. But servant number one had no patience with servant number two and only wanted his money back. $7,000 compared to $30 billion, Not much. What he did was so shocking that if it had happened today, it had wind up as the lead story in every news broadcast. Even his fellow servants knew something was wrong in the way he responded. How could anyone who had just been shown patience and compassion treat someone else with impatience and an unwillingness to forgive? Word quickly spread to the king who summoned servant number one back into his court. Verse 31. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that that debt because you pleaded with me. Should, Should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Ouch. It's hard to hear this story and understand how the king's patience could have made no difference to this man's life. Makes you wonder if he understood anything about the gift he had just been received. He begged for patience, got it, but then gave none. Which begs the question, 
do we understand the patience that we have been given? In case you're wondering about yourself, the litmus test is the amount of patience you give. Patience received with gratitude turns into patience extended in quantity. Patience not received? Do you remember what happened in the story? In anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Impatience can imprison a person. And before you think that can only happen in a story from 2,000 years ago, researchers have discovered that people who are short-fused are more likely to age faster than those who are not impatient. In the words of one medical doctor, the high-tech revolution and the lifestyle it has spawned have brought with them a rash of serious health problems, including heart attacks, palpitations, depression, anxiety, immune disorders, digestive ills, insomnia, migraines. How quickly our patience, our impatience can backfire. God, in His infinite patience and mercy, provides help for our impatient souls in a number of ways. For example, He, he provides for us by example. God's long-suffering in dealing with us provides an ongoing model of how we should respond to others and to difficult situations. 2 Peter 3. Peter wrote, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God is never impatient. I've heard it numerous times. God's never in a hurry, but He's never late. He doesn't jump all over us when we make mistakes. He doesn't give up on us when we ignore Him or walk away, or even when we intentionally defy Him. He may be disappointed when we drop the ball, but He already knew that would happen. And He has already planned for it and made the appropriate provision. But here's the rub. If God is so patient with me, I should be able to be patient with others. If I remember it, if I consciously and deliberately call it to mind, then maybe it'll be easier to reflect godly patience. Got a long way to go. Ask Peggy. But God provides for us by empowerment too. 
God's Spirit gives us the strength to see life through His eyes and not just view the urgency of the issue. His perspective that He freely shares with us can help us to see the bigger picture, the upper story picture, and not only the lower story view. Again, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and so on. Patience is a characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. And if we allow Him the freedom to work in our lives, He'll place us in situations and circumstances where we'll exercise patience and so grow in this way to be more like the One who has forgiven us the debt that we could never repay. If we let God refine us, He gives us strength to persevere and the perspective to see life through His eyes and not just see our own urgency. But of course, refining is an uncomfortable process. James, again, James 1 and verse 3, you know that the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith, produces steadfastness or patience. And then he says, let steadfastness or patience have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But it requires the testing of our faith. Paul said so. Said the same thing in Romans 5. One person said it this way, patience is something that is slow aged to maturity like a fine wine. It takes patience to produce patience. And God will provide help for our impatient souls by encouragement. Scripture is filled with inspiration and motivating words to slow us down and wait for God's timing and provision. In Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul wrote, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Notice, with patience, bearing with one another in the bond of love. We all have an idea of what should happen and when it should happen and how it should happen. But rarely does this match up with someone else's idea. We live in a society that demands my way right away. We're conditioned to believe that we should never have to wait on anyone for anything. All in all, what we're saying is that my time, and ultimately my life, my time 
is more important than yours. But patience demands that we sacrifice the self-importance of our own personal agendas, not just for the sake of others, but for the sake of our own soul. We can encourage patience in ourselves and in others by giving each other room to fail, to learn, to develop at their own pace instead of demanding our schedule, our timing, our outcome. Our friend Wally Bidwell was fond of reminding me when things were not what I thought they should be, he'd say, baby steps, Ted. Allow the other to take baby steps. It's still progress. So how do we develop patience? Well, the best suggestion I've heard is to be deliberately, purposefully, aware of the situation and to be conscious of my own inward response. To remind myself that this irritating person is a special and unique creation of God. One who is loved and cared for no less than I am. For whom the Lord Jesus laid down his life. Again, returning to James chapter 1. Verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love Him. We usually want the quickest result, but God always works for the best result. And that is simply going to take time. In me. Sorry about that. And in you. If I or you jump ship, give up, or quit, we simply won't grow to maturity and we'll lose the gift that God has for us. The gift of what He wants to do in us. And the gift He wants to do through us to bless others. Now before we leave the subject of patience, there's one thing I should fix up. Sometimes passive resignation masquerades as patience. Be careful here. One fellow put it this way. Patience is not passive resignation. Nor is it failing to act because of our fears. Patience means active waiting and enduring. It means staying with something and doing all that we can. Working, hoping, exercising 
faith, bearing hardship with fortitude, even when the desires of our hearts are delayed. Patience is not simply enduring. It is enduring well. So don't settle for the counterfeit in your life. By the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, seek to develop true patience, all the while working, hoping, praying, exercising faith in the loving God, bearing hardship with fortitude, and even when, and maybe even especially when, the desires of our hearts are delayed. Let's pray. Father, we confess that we are an impatient people. We don't like to wait. We want to see results yesterday. We want to see the task completed, Father. But help us. Help us to wait, to be content with your timetable. And when tough times come, help us to face them with patience, with endurance, with steadfastness. Continually leaning into you. Help us, Father, to depend on you and to wait for your perfect timing. And we thank you, Lord, for your patience with us, for your endurance, for your faithfulness, in the face of our rebellion. We ask, Lord, that You would so work in us that we might be able, in some small measure, to be able to bring You honor and praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.